Hey, this is Jamie Rigetti. On this episode of Fan Bros Show, the Fan Bros discuss Game of Thrones, the new Star Trek movie, Orphan Black, Doctor Who, and the Xbox One announcement. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. It is your boy, DJ Ben Hameen, in the house tonight. Alongside my partner, Chico Leo, who when he stabs White Walkers with a black dragon obsidian dagger, he does not leave it lying in the snow. He doesn't make bad decisions, folks. And of course, in the house tonight, we also have the uncanny Matt Raz. Yet another name for him now, uncanny. Nice. Our two female correspondents have rejoined us this week. Uh, Miss Jamie Rigetti. Hey, guys. And Tatiana King. The Grand Duchess of Tech. What's up? Yes, who's all dressed all spiffy tonight. Y'all <laughs> should see this, folks. It's, 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 it's something I just special. Came, I, I just came from uh, Internet Week New York. I actually just came from uh, the internship screening uh, downtown. So it was awesome, actually. Good Flossy. movie. What are, they, what are they doing in the Internet? What are they doing in the Internet? <laughs> yeah. What's going on in the Internet this week? Internet Week. You know, cat memes, um, Drake memes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's the panel. Miguel, that panel you Miguel, on the head. Miguel, Nike boots, stuff like that. That was what was happening. Yeah. Yep. Nice. <laughs> All right. Everybody else had a good week. Everything's well in the world of fandom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We checked out the uh, the Kanye projection that was oh, going yeah, on everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty nice. The new slaves. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Good things. All right. So everybody's good. Yeah. All right. Great. <laughs> I'm just waiting for y'all to help me out. Right, here, right, you know? yeah, no. I, I, like I say, I keep feeling like Combat Jack right now. Like, yeah. what are we talking about tonight, folks? <laughs> yeah, but you know what we're talking about. You got the, the right. We, I know. I got a whole breakdown here. We got Game of Thrones, Star Trek. You know, comics I copped, Doctor Who. A lot of good things on this show. So, let's just get right into it. Uh, you know, the Star Trek that everyone hopefully has seen by now. Star Trek Two, Into Darkness premiered this weekend the numbers sales have uh, been okay P- the reviews have been I've, I've they've been mixed like i've yeah. read really 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 positive reviews and really 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 negative reviews mm. and i've I, even I, yeah. heard word of mouth the same thing you loved it combat jack well, hated it I, I might have to you might i might have to slow down on that loved it didn't you oh, I, I, believe, it back I believe you last week you said it was the show the movie of the summer I no, did. you I didn't, did. say no, that. I didn't say all that, that? Stop, no 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 you, yeah. you, you are reeling it back in but last week you you were just like, eh, like you weren't. You yeah, weren't like quite when I, okay, I'll it. say this. When I walked out of the theater, I was like, yo, that movie was great. This is awesome, you know? And then it, it, was, it started with combat saying the word pandering. And the more I thought about it, mm. I feel like Star Trek 2 is like one of the most pandering movies I've seen in a pandering long time. Pandering to who? The fans? To the fans. To the Trekkies. Yes. So people like me. Yes. Mm. But. Like, okay, Star Trek II Wrath of Khan is one of my favorite movies. It's probably the only Star Trek movie that I enjoy. Um, well, I guess uh, the Search one with for the Spock. whales And the one with the whales Oh, yeah, is Voyage good. Home is my favorite. <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw Voyage Home on Thanksgiving Day, so that's like, uh, you know, one of those sentimental me- memories for me. But, like, Wrath of Khan is a great movie. Yes. Th- this one is a good movie, but I just felt like the pandering was too much for it. Like, um, I really didn't like the death of Kirk. And the revival of Kirk immediately in the same movie. And I just thought the whole scene of, you know, them redoing that scene, the classic scene of of Kirk and Spock with their fingers on the glass. 
it, it just cheapened it for me. You know, I, I read it, something interesting that said you can't put a great movie in the middle of your crappy movie. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. That, that's how I felt, though, because actually the part that I liked was the last half hour, maybe, of that movie, I would say, though. Okay, so what you didn't like the first hour and a half or most, two hours of most. it? <laughs> I didn't like most of that movie. Okay, now why didn't you like it then? There's a lot of shit. Like, first of all... All right, so it's like the final frontier. So it's supposed to be like this uncharted vast. That yeah. didn't happen. No, that's not my. <laughs> the whole fucking movie, they're talking about Starfleet regulations. There's so many fucking rules in space. I thought there's fucking monkeys. There's shitty orange juice. Like, there's shitty ice cream. There's, there's, gol- there's golfing with no gravity. What? That's what in you're space. Lo- oh, yeah, so no, he's talking planning, about he's talking about NASA, not, not uh, he's talking about NASA. All that stuff is NASA. So stuff this is what you were space. looking this for. This is supposed to be more advanced than NASA, right? I think. No, yeah, no, so, no yeah. it's much of well, so, people have criticized that it, there's a militarization of Star mm, Trek versus definitely. Like, okay. being space explorers, which is what the original series right. was. And yeah, I, I think that was you know um, yeah. the commentary coming from the director. Basically, it's J.J. Abrams, right? Yeah, I think that's just his you know 9/11, you know America becoming more militarized. On That's it. his yeah, I mean, they did, take on it. They did highlight that a lot in the first movie. That was one of the major differences yeah, between between definitely. the first movie and you know the, the history of Star Trek. That, as you said, it was a lot more military, a lot more regulation. But I guess that also plays off of Kirk's character. Because remember, he's all about throwing away the rules, mm-hmm. doing what he wants to do. So I think that just intensifies what he's about. That he's the wild child. And then in the first one, it um, you had Vulcan being destroyed. Right. So this is like a reaction to Vulcan being destroyed. Right. Is the whole amp up in the militarization and fuck it, we're just gonna go after the Klingons we first ourselves. Hard. Right. Yeah. Right. So that I, I didn't mind all that. Like I said, my more things were like, okay, so now you liked the last thirty minutes of the movie. Yeah, there's a lot more things I didn't like. Okay, I'm sure. Do you have a, you seem to have a list ready? <laughs> I was writing it during the movie. <laughs> He's like, let me. Um, the combat was Uh-oh. fucking terrible in the movie. It looked like a fucking laser tag game. They shoot some invisible fucking ray. The dude was like, ugh, and then he falls <laughs> Wait, down. you didn't see the ray? Yeah, wait, you didn't see the rays when they shot? Uh, my version, there was no rays. You know? <laughs> Clear view. Yeah. Oh. They finally sold this going out of business in like a week. They, there was no frills. They're going out of business. You can't see uh, the laser. No, no yeah. laser beams. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Star Trek movie with no, no special effects. Um, also, space movies and airplane movies. Enough of the fucking like, oh, the ship's too wide. We got to fly through this fucking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that has been overdone. Yes, pilots definitely. are already trained to fucking fly it sideways. They right. shouldn't be in Starfleet. Right. All right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, I think those are all my issues. That's it? The combat looks like fucking Buzz Lightyear ride. Uh, there's too much tokenism on the ship. Uh, oh, so you, did, oh, like, uh, so you didn't like the fact that there was mad races on the I, ship. I liked that, but I felt like it was like a, like a rainbow connection Like they situation. had to have one like, race on there. We this box, we got <laughs> yeah. that one, we got another. Although like, part, part they're, of they're that like, does go back to the original show, which was Definitely, groundbreaking yeah. for doing that. Well, yeah. people mm-hmm. criticize because, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, you know, is obviously a British guy playing a character that wasn't what, played wait, by. Wait, no. what is this person's name? <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. You guys are that's some Harry Potter thing you're saying? He played Sherlock. He played Sherlock on the... It doesn't matter what he played. His name is Benedict Cumberbatch. Is that his real name or is it show business name? That's what his show business name is. He chose that. From the House of Hufflepuff. He was like, this is Oh, man. But the thing is, it worked. You know, like... 
Quidditch. He's been well, in Quidditch. But no, there is. I mean, well, Khan was Khan played was, by right. Ricardo Montalban, right. who is definitely a Latin guy. Yeah, yeah but Khan is also an Indian man. Yes, that's, that's true. The character yeah, is right. Indian. Yeah. Mexican yeah. actor. Nunian Singh Khan. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, so, that's so true. So what I, was, what I was saying was there was a little criticism. I think he's a fantastic actor, but, yeah. but you have a, a white British guy playing in you know, a character that's supposed to be Indian played originally by like, I believe a Mexican yeah. character yeah. Uh, yeah. or actor. The Corinthian the leather. Fake chest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was that. That doesn't that. bother me. Yeah. That doesn't bother me. Yeah. I gotta say. I mean, also there's humans playing aliens. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, fair <right>. enough. <laughs> like, fair enough. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that much of a stretch, I would say. So, no, I like Khan. I thought um, Benedict Cumberbatch. I just like saying his name. Yeah. It sounds he, like a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> he does really sound like a Harry Potter character. I mean, that is true, yeah. But I thought he did a great job as Khan. W- wasn't I, it weird how many people they had in that were that were, like, notable for being in one role or another? Like, you had Siler from Heroes, oh, yeah, basically. Yeah. You had Sean of the, the Dead. Dead. Yeah. You had Harold. <laughs> Who's Harold? Right? Isn't what or Kumar or one of those guys? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, who's Harold? <laughs> wait, 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 it was Harold. It was Harold. It's Harold. Right? Yeah, it's Harold. Harold. Yeah. Kumar um, is Cal Penn. Isn't um isn't Captain Kirk Friday Night Lights? Oh yeah. No, yeah. he's not Friday Night, he's Night not Lights. Friday but I'm Lights? not sure where he's from. I don't remember what his Pine. stuff before. Chris this. Pine. Yeah. He was in that really bad movie with um Tom Hardy, <laughs> <laughs> with like Reese Witherspoon. Oh yeah, yeah. That one out there. I know what you're talking about. Thank God I didn't see it. It was a bad movie. When Spock was talking to Spock, that was... He was talking to himself. Pandering! All right, good. Because I I thought, until that was explained to me, that he was talking to his father. No, he's... I was like, this is too coincidental. No, he's talking to himself. The the old Spock in the new Star Trek is the old Spock from the old Spock, and they Mm -hmm. rescued him. This is a new timeline. They brought him over. The bullshit... But yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. um basically it's like it's pandering to the all. Well, that I felt that scene was really it, like no, there were there were other pander even as like a non fan, there were definitely things I was picking up that I was like, oh, they're getting in all these little references mm-hmm. to yes. everything that you'd expect to basically mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Well, the reason they did that though is because they didn't want to alienate the fans because they did this uh, militarized story that I think uh, my understanding is it takes place yeah. on Earth or near Earth. Mm-hmm. Like they're not on in Earth. a galaxy <clears throat> far, far mm-hmm. away. They're home doing yeah doing Star Trek stuff. Like, they're supposed to show up at a planet, there's a problem, they help them solve it, Captain Kirk has sex with an alien woman, and then they <laughs> with go the, somewhere with else. A, with a tail. He, right, I mean, no, yeah. Captain Kirk had sex with two alien women Right, with as well he but should. But that's his M.O. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. That's what he does. But, yeah. I, I, I would watch that, that that gang go on another adventure, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I, I'm happy with this this crew that they've put well, together. Yeah. You know, like, here's the question I kind of wanted to ask, is that if you're going to reboot Star Trek, do you cut ties with the original series? Because because you there obviously there's so much Rathacon in this movie and like sure. you said, pandering. So does that bog down any story that you're gonna bring to the table? I feel like it does at this point. And I like I didn't feel like the first one had that much of it in it. I felt like the first one was its own story, mm-hmm. it had a new villain, you know. I it But is... do you also think the only reason why a, a franchise like this can be successful, even being rebooted, is the fact that it plays upon history. It right. plays upon yeah. the love of the series. It plays upon the fandom of oh. it. So I agree with you that maybe there doesn't need to be too much pand- that much pandering, but at the same time, you kind of have to pay homage mm-hmm. in some there's, shape or form. There's also an issue. The first one didn't do as well overseas, anywhere near as well overseas as it did in America and as the other big blockbusters that summer. And Paramount only has two movies this summer. 
and they really needed this to be a hit overseas and here. Well. And there's an idea mm-hmm. that Star Trek is for nerds overseas in a way yeah. that in a way that just not Star Wars, not mm-hmm. like like other people are not jacked up to go see like people in in you know Czechoslovakia are not jacked up to go see. Star Trek, the way, you know, the way they are a new Star Wars movie. Yeah, and I so, don't think they will be on this one right, because right. it's like this one shows a more militarized Star Wars. I mean, Star Trek, and it's it's like you know, like how people aren't that hype about America in general right, right. now because we're more militarized and blowing right. everybody up overseas. Right. So I don't think what, they're really what people hype, for this hype one. about. What country are people hype about these days? Canada, baby. Denmark. It's people just like America, really, but we're free. I'm still hyped to see it. I mean, I know how you guys feel, but <laughs> yeah. I'm still a Trekkie. I'm still hyped to see it. Like I feel like, regardless of what you guys say, I'm still going to be like in it. Oh, you, well, wait, you will be on. up until. I have more ways to convince you. Out of this <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> don't give me no more of your list off too, your phone. Too, too many dramatic music cues, uh, and. Kirk, I mean, I could he live. seems like he's a fucking dick to work with. Like, per, it was but he kind of is. But he kind of is. He's a rule he breaker. But he's he a maverick. Is. He, like, three times in the movie, he had some little shitty, like, ear pun or joke to make for Spot. I was like, you know, working with this guy every day, he has, like, three <laughs> fucking cracks about it. Like, how many but, jokes are there? No, and that's I racist, think, too. But I, I also mean, think, like, yeah, I mean, part, like, let's get right. And that, I think racist. in part, they played that up because Kirk is, is, and maybe this is the point of the death scene or what have you, He he's expendable. They're all, like, really good at their jobs. And he's kind of not yet. Right. Yeah. So the point is that he kind of is this cocky idiot. Yep. He has to become Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's why they had they reversed the death scene because he realized he was the only person that was expendable on that ship. Yeah. And that, it's like Kirk is learning his lesson when he right. dies. Like he right. learns the value of life and everything. But mm-hmm. but then, you know, five minutes later, he's back alive. I, I, yeah. And but I feel like that's classic. That's to me. Like it, I grew it was up, classic but to it's me. It's classic Kirk. Almost. It's like like lazy writing. Yeah. Oh, OK. You say they're just relying too much on well, it. But in the sense that wouldn't have been kind of more powerful if the movie ended and he was dead. Yes. And, mm. and yeah, you would assume he comes back. But right, like, but to do it know. in the same movie is sort of like yeah. you're, you're, you're five minutes. Uh, that's what you got to say. They want him for the press and for the post. Like he's going to be billed in the new, if he comes back in the next thing. Right. It'll just There's, get ruined. That's, that's anyway. true, too. But that but, wouldn't be cheesy if he came back and all of a sudden he was, you know, hugging trees and la la, I love everybody. I mean, you don't think any, that would have been wait, weird? Wait. Or do you think it's do you think it's worse that he came back and he was just like, ah, F it, I'm still no, me. No, I just think the fact that he came back, back so quickly. So quick. You know, like Spock dies in one and movie and then there's a whole movie yeah, where they exactly. are looking mm. for him and then he is reborn and, right. and, and all of that. Yeah, right. while uh, this, I mean, in fact, in the original, it takes even into the voyage home for Spock to right. actually yeah. become back to his normal self while this one, it's like Kirk is good and rolling 10 minutes later. So too soon. Can, yeah, yeah, I, too I, soon. They, too they, soon. They, yeah, there's an issue where they don't wait on things. Now, can I ask, the, the, the trailer show a kiss between Uhura and um, and Spock. Is that like a romance or is that oh, just a full-blown? Yeah. Oh, it's a full-blown yeah. romance. Okay, so okay. romance. So I didn't that's know that's the first one. It didn't know. fully make sense to me. Yeah, though, see, I didn't time. know if that was one of those things they just stick in the trailer to make you want to go. Like they'll have a random helicopter yeah. blowing ever, up. Ever since the end of the first one, they really kind of stuck it in there that, hey, they're together. Yeah, right. Okay. If I, I mean, I would watch this as a kid. I don't really remember, but isn't that something that's in the old, the old? No, no. Kirk, no. Kirk, Kirk and Uhura. Had it was a, Kirk had a and Uhura yeah. had had that kind of weird. Okay, I kind of, I really didn't remember. You know, yeah. I don't know, pseudo like sexual tension. Yeah, yeah, they had that, but I don't. I, yeah, Maybe I there was really something I missed when I was younger, but I never recall that. Even no, older, I don't. Not. I never Spock, recall that. Spock is totally asexual, except in the Pon Far episode where he has to mate and he has yeah. to fight. Oh, a, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Classic. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So for those who've seen it, what would your rating be on this one? 
Matt See Reyes. the version with the lasers, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> He saw the no frills pathmark uh, version. But I'm, I'm glad that I was able to get that off my chest. Uh, my parking's about to expire. I'm going to go. Have a great show. All, All right, right, Matt. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for stopping yeah. by. Yeah. Um, Poor I'd, Matt Raz. He had no lasers, man. I'd give it like a B plus. I think it looked great. You know, I think it's well directed. I think the action works out. I think it's a good looking movie. I just think it panders too much to the original Star Trek fans. And it, there's just no topping uh, Ricardo... Montalban as Khan, no matter what you want to do. Hmm. Could we no. could we maybe just speak? I know we're we're wrapping this up, but like Carol Marcus, the fact that she yeah, Um like, no. I can't do no, wait, no, wait. I no, I don't know what you're about to say. I don't want to preempt you, but all I heard about this whole controversy about her being naked or halfway well, naked. Well, okay, yeah, of course. Yeah. She's in her underwear. And they were like, Why is sure. she why is she like and, that? And There's no I, I, point. I think this is kind of a dead horse. Yeah, well, but, but here's my thing is go. just that if you've seen Wrath of Khan, she is a badass character. Yeah. She wasn't. You know, in this. she's incredibly intelligent and yep. she's she dumped Kirk and yeah. doesn't doesn't want him back doesn't take Keeps him back right. she doesn't give a crap about him but here the way she's used is is just it, it's it's sex it, yeah and mm. it's just disappointing it, it's pretty disappointing and I mean it's also not really shown that her and Kirk I mean they don't have a relationship right, yet right right so this is still the formative years right mm-hmm. I mean her character is pretty it, it's she's kind of like a bargaining chip though she's damn and she's, she's not freaking like, paper thin in yeah. this movie there's no like I, I, I just feel like if you're gonna take a character that is like pretty you know strong in in you know Rathacon and you water her down and then throw her in her underwear you you gotta expect the criticism yeah I mean definitely <laughs> yeah. I, I mean Damon Lindelof already yeah, apologized he, yeah. and admitted and yeah. it's just one of those things where it's just like you know there's no there's no like there's no apologizing there's no excusing it it just like it's just, just terrible there. writing you yeah. know it's just so, like, so okay, they have wonder woman and made her into a nurse yeah basically yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's just mm. you know i had to bring it up because i feel like we got to start calling people out on this and maybe it'll stop well, yeah, yeah if you don't call people out on this yeah. I, I have to say like this guy is doing star wars now are they gonna True have indeed. princess right. leia show up and be like you I know mean, i think i personally think maybe because i'm a nerd i think that's so sacrilege to be like you doing both universes right yeah, yeah. there is. is there is something up to that i yeah, agree i, agree like, too. I feel like you gotta get your wires crossed right. somewhere and and you're gonna you're gonna piss somebody off the, maybe he'll do good i don't know but i'm just nervous about the whole process i i completely yeah. agree with the you. funniest thing that i saw was like on the honest trailers for the first star uh trek they were they made a joke where they said this is basically um jj's promo audition yeah yeah, audition reel and and they had a lot of shots from the old star wars that he was basically recreating in star trek so and when i was watching this star trek there were certain things i saw and i was like oh he's gonna use that in star wars Mm. he's gonna use that i just feel like the same person should not do two very distinct universe i don't care how good they are i agree but the funny thing is that to finish this up he's actually he wasn't a star trek fan at all he's a huge star wars Mm. fan that i know he had no knowledge of star trek before he got that i know they say he had to learn about it before he even got to directing but you know it is what it is it is what it is Mm. you know and um from that, we move on into our weekly review of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Sec- you, need, you know, you need, you need that trumpet sound. That dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can get that in there. Uh, this week was Second Sons was the name of the episode. And um, I, I don't know. What did you think, Chico? I wasn't. I, I liked the episode, but you know, I, I well, I had said last week that I thought like that they had been done with the setting up stuff. Yeah. And we get into a whole bunch of breakneck stuff. Now, the main thing was a wedding. 
Yeah. And it was a pretty disastrous wedding on a lot of levels. <laughs> yeah. It was funny as hell, though. Um, and, uh, you know, so uh, the wedding was really good. Like, dramatically, I liked a lot of the stuff that happened. Joffrey. I was expecting oh. a little more in the way of, you know, things being moved forward and more action. But um, I, I did think the wedding was really good. I thought that they basically introduced a love interest, it seems to me, for the Khaleesi. Oh, definitely. I oh, mean, yeah. the dude Dario, whatever his name is. I um, thought I had it Dario Nahiris. Dario, Dario yeah. 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 Like, he, yeah, Dario Naharis. Yeah. And um, I thought that was all dope. I mean, I, when they started it out and it was just another scene of, you know, the Khaleesi meeting with people basically threatening them, telling her, well, I have dragons and you don't. I was kind of like, all right, well, we've seen That's this. like her go-to oh, line. Right. Like, okay, <laughs> but, Khaleesi. But I didn't expect the dude to show up and then throw the heads of his companions and then offer her his sword, his heart, his love, his penis, you know, everything yeah. like that. Yeah. Also, I don't know, there's two things. One, did anyone notice when he brandished his sword, he was using that same hook sword that the Dothraki used? A scimitar. Used? Definitely. No, it was, it was, was like, it? It was like a, not a scimitar, but like... Something that you would oh, see. Oh, like, like a scythe yeah, kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and then the other thing is he's from Bravos, And the only character, everyone talks about the wine from Bravos. The only two characters we met from Bravos Are the, isn't a dancing The dancing man. master yeah. is from, you know. The, mm. really, the face, the face, face dude, exactly. from Bravos. So clearly dudes from Bravos are pretty dope. And I was ah. actually thinking that dude might have been, although I don't think he is, but I was thinking he might have been the face guy. No, he's not the face he's guy. Not. No, I mean, he's clearly not. No, just from I, I just from a little bit from I know in the book, you know, from just reading online, he's definitely not. He's his right. own character. But that's dope. Yeah, and the people from Bravos definitely have been the man so far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anytime someone shows up from Bravos, and then instead of having the uh, sort of unlikely. Uh, uh, buddy thing with uh, J- uh, Jamie Lannister and Brienne. You have this unlikely buddy thing <laughs> with, but with with Arya Stark and uh, the Hound. <laughs> you know, like with them sort of sniping at each other because they ride across the country. Uh, I thought that was so cute. Like yeah. her on his horse and yeah. you know, wanting to kill him, but then realizing right. that he was the only way that she was going to survive. Well, and he gives her a free shot. She's standing over him with a rock, and he literally says, "You can, yeah, I'll give you a free shot. Like you can bash me in the face with that rock, but if I survive, I'm going to break both, both your hands." hands. Like, and then that so, shot yeah, is her riding yeah, on the exactly. horse, right, right, and with that face, with that long face, yeah. she was so bad. It was but, so cute. I mean, you know, the wedding. I thought there was a lot of dramatic stuff. I mean, we don't need to rehash everything, but you know, it's a bad thought, scene for a lot of people. And I think there's another wedding coming up before the end of yeah. the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really liked the wedding. I I expected the wedding to have more pomp and certain, you know, like yeah. the, it was like, kind of stayed a little bit, you and, know, and, and kind of dark and gloomy in the place that they had it in. Yeah. I was expecting like you know more bright colors and everything, but I love Joffrey throughout the whole wedding and the uh, um, ceremony afterwards, the feast afterwards. Right. I, I mean, Wait, dude, you loved him threatening to rape Arya. Yeah, listen, wedding. I don't dude, like. That- I don't like that demon spawn one no. bit. But see, that is my thing about it. Dude who plays him yes. is so amazing. Because he, make he makes you him. totally him. And like, they all say he's a nice guy, really sweet, or, you know, on the set. And that as soon as they the cameras go oh on, my he turns God. it on. He's amazing. I want to break yeah. his neck when he has, makes that little smug <laughs> yeah, face. Absolutely. He goes, yeah, so I'm a rapier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, what a... Yeah, would wanna, you like that? Ooh. Would you like that? Right. I'll have Sir Marin hold you down. down. Would you like that? I mean, I just want to hold his head dick. underwater. I'm like, how did Cersei birth 
This right. guy, like he's no, from the because she fucked her twin hell. brother. That's how. <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. No, this... my my favorite part was when he Took tells her. Oh. No, when he no that was great too. But when he tells her, I'm going to walk you down the aisle after I had your father's head right. cut yeah. off. Yeah. Like I'm the reason your father has no right. head. Like he takes great <laughs> so pride I'll in walk you down torturing her in any manner. <laughs> oh. That, th- that you said that, I just want to say we didn't see anything more with the Theon torture stuff this week. I was going to say God. that. Thank goodness. I was so happy about that. But something that I was thinking about was that, I, I mean, it's obviously in the book or it's referenced in the book. But the fact that they're showing it so much, I don't know. You know, torture has been in the news in the last 10 years. And other than, like, 24, mm. like, no show has sort of addressed torture and how ridiculous it is. Mm-hmm. Like, Theon is being tortured by someone who's not looking for information. He's just literally Ready. torturing mm-hmm. him. And so I was just wondering, and again, I give Game of Thrones probably a little more luck. But no, that, you yeah, know, that's a good point. Like, I, just, just the idea that maybe this is just them making a, a commentary, wow. offering commentary on torture. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit of a stretch. Mm. But no. things that happen when things are going on in the world, like, you, can't, you oh, have no, to definitely. look at it through the lens mm-hmm. of you know what's been going on and, and the excuse of well it was just the the time period and that's right. how it was that's, that's oh, kind of a cop-out so yeah. it's reading into things a little bit more makes right. it right and that's what the excuse has been is they say oh well they're showing us how horrible the world is and it's kind of like well we we know how bad that world well, is well here's i just have a, i obviously don't watch the show but i do i know you guys do and and you know that's always kind of the excuse when you see really horrific things but then someone made a comment about the fact that all the women have like brazilian waxes Right. So there oh is yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. so then the idea of it being this realism kind of isn't They've been really good about not showing fake boobs. I will say that. It's yeah. true that they are they definitely yeah. are shaved down there. Although you have seen some you have seen yeah, some 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 some, muffs. some yeah. muffs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sorry there for have that. Been, yeah. You know, some very bushy muffs, I mean, I, which I appreciate. <laughs> you know, um, aesthetically and historically. But no, but but no there know, are times right? when women get naked, and and it's I mean, and it is ludicrous because. They wouldn't have had a landing strip. Although I, I would <laughs> not to go too far into it. I think hookers might. A lot of the women who they show naked are in fact prostitutes. Prostitutes might yeah. actually shave yeah, their they, bushes yeah. for hygienic yeah, reasons. Right. You can't get crabs. You're you know, right. You know, yeah. like right. things like that. But yeah, you know, I'm obviously reaching a little bit. Yeah, on that. I wouldn't think that was uh, too much. I, I do want to um, talk about one other thing on the show. Well, we already mentioned the. My man Darius Naharis, his the dude whose head he cut off, his nickname was Titan's Bastard. Right. Yeah. And I just love that name, right. you know. And he was such a great guy. I wish he got in the even though as soon as he started threatening the Khaleesi, right. I knew, knew he, he wasn't was gonna make it through the episode. Literally. Yeah, but I was just hoping because his threats were it's like the people who manage to threaten the Khaleesi always have like the best lines about mm-hmm. it. You know, like the guy at the slave Yeah, town. the slave guy was amazing. Oh, he was amazing. And this yeah. guy was even better. He walks in and is like, yo, strip down naked and I'll see if you're worth right. fighting for. Right. He was pretty hilarious. <laughs> like, in the most asshole I mean, way. He was very bad. hilarious. And it's like, you're just sitting there counting the seconds till his head's well, chopped off. and that's off. why it's funny because yeah. he comes in <laughs> talking all this shit and yet you know, literally, like, yes, characters die all the time on the show. This guy's gonna die this episode. Yeah. And so I got to read um, another. This is a spoiler for people who read the book. Is that um, the two guys who got their heads chopped off? Actually, they get their heads roasted and eaten by the dragons. Wow! (laughs) See that? Yeah. No, I could. Which brings me to something. They've been showing her dragons. There've been no wolves. Where? Where are the Stark wolves? I haven't seen the wolves over like five episodes. No, like budgets. in your attack, attack. <laughs> all of this is all of this is blown up. 
all of this is yeah. enlarged pictures but, of dogs, really. Rob's wolf should have been in the room when he was naked with uh, Talisa when she said attack, attack. Like, they should have shown a wolf walking across the room. I mean, the, the, the dragon should have been in there when she invites three men who could easily kill right. her. Right, right. Where were they? They were out fishing? Like, what were they and doing? That's, and that's an issue. I just want to say, were, like, if I wanted to call anything out on the show, like, we don't see enough of the dragons and we don't see enough hey, of the wolves. Hey, the dragons and the wolves decided to save the producers some money. Yeah, make. but I mean, there's so much. I mean, there's just so, the show is so lush and so, I yeah. mean, just the scene where they're watching or the 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 second sons roll up on that city um i mean it was just an ex- like some extraordinary moroccan yeah. city i mean they're really just throwing all this money is it really that much to animating to, dragons I, I really think the dragon should just logically be there yes. and the, yeah and homeboy vega whatever his name is shouldn't have been able to just sneak up on her like that right yeah definitely but well you know. she was taking a bath like she might not have the dragons in her when, when <laughs> well there will be a no what i'm saying is they're nearby like i have a dog he's always right. nearby right. somewhere so if somebody comes in anywhere you hear something like yeah. they alert you just to point out john snow has not mentioned to anyone why his wolf is not with him anymore like we saw the wolf actually save samuel tarley in the opening episode yeah yep. but we haven't seen his wolf since then like when john snow went off with egret the wolf went another way and we we just haven't he hasn't he hasn't been like oh I told my dog to yeah. go there like the like it hasn't been explained and and I that wonder if that in the book me. like I'm sure it's in the book like just like, the wolf's but, there but, probably but, right but no but that there's an explanation for yeah, it yeah because the wolf wouldn't have climbed up the wall. No, but they could have had a, re- you know, like, I or like, why, you know, like, he probably couldn't have had the wolf walking into the Wildings camp like that. But just there isn't any explanation. Like, all Rob Stark would have had to say, oh, my, my wolf is outside. Just something to let us know. <laughs> he parked next to the car. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I just feel like, you know. Sort of fishing with the dragon. Yeah. With her handmaiden just being like, okay, so are the dragons asleep? That's yeah, it. That's yeah. all, you know. Know, and then you see, and it's like if you're not going to show them, then give us an explanation. Yeah. I mean, but, I guess I guess they're not like Pokemon where they're always around. You could just call them whenever right. they well, just do what they want to do. And then I also think like if if you, you'd also be complaining if if she had said, "Well, are the dragons sleep?" You know, because it's like it's <laughs> well, like you know obvious, it's, like, yeah, it's I mean, obvious we don't have enough money right. for dragons <laughs> this, this year. But so. I'd rather they address them. it that they put it front and center with a line like that than just have us thinking, "Well, yeah. why? Where are the dragons? Yeah. Where are the wolves?" And I will say this: we have seen the dragons two or three times this season. Yep. We only saw one wolf once, and yep. we saw Bram and Rickon's wolves once. So we've seen like you well, know, you got two or three dragons, you get one wolf. <laughs> right. You know? I mean, you know, I, I I would like to have seen more wolves. That's basically my only my only complaint. Mm. Other than that, good episode. Uh, let's take a short break right here, and we'll be right back with right back with more fan bros. <laughs> This is Chico Leo. When I'm not wondering where the wolves and the dragons are, I'm listening to Fan Bros on iTunes, and I'm subscribing, rating, and commenting. You should, too. So what comics did you cop this week, DJ ben Well, there was no new Age of Ultron this week, but I did get the Uncanny Avengers, which tied into Age of Ultron, and I liked it. Uh, it was a pretty cool issue. It shows what happened with uh, Kang, because Kang is a major villain in the regular Uncanny Avengers, right. and... His um, the Apocalypse twins, which he's trying to raise. He sixed them on the Uncanny Avengers. They managed to kill Havoc. Uh, a few other things happened, but like my main problem with it is, I feel like they're just gonna restart all this once Age of Ultron ends, just with the whole Age of Ultron storyline and the whole timeline. Right, no, just, and nothing will have any permanence. Yeah, it just feels like it's gonna get erased because when right. you chop Havoc in half in an issue, you're just trying to feel like, well, he's right. gonna be back in the next issue. 
I, I believe Kang was the first villain in the first issue of the Avengers back in like 1963. I might be wrong about no, I that. I thought it was I... Loki. Oh, Loki, is it? Yeah, because Loki is the reason why they come okay. together, which is why in the movie Loki is the reason why. Well, they he's come definitely together. in like an early, a very yeah, early. Yeah, he's very early. Uh, like... Kang is like two or three. Right. I think okay. He there shows you go. Yeah, All right. Okay. Kang. Look at that. Wow. Yeah, and then also this week I picked up Young Avengers, which also stars Loki, uh, even though it's a young teenage form of Loki. And I really just wanted to talk about Young Avengers. It's drawn by Kieran. No, it's written by Kieran. Written Kieran. by Kieran. Kieran. Killen. Kieran. We, we say Kieran. We stay fucking up people's names. <laughs> Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey is the artist, and it's it's just really a nice series because of the way they approach the storytelling, with the use of the panels and with the use of the writing and just little notes. Like, the first issue had a battle between um, Novar, who's Marvel Boy, and Hawkeye, and I think a bunch of scrolls. But it was told with the, all the art. There was no, um, what is it, traditional Captions w- word or, bubbles right, or right, anything. Right. It was just, you know, shots of the action. And then in other panels, they would have the words. Like, and the word for, like, Hawkeye, the young Hawkeye, who's female's thoughts on it. She's like, I have no training. I don't know what I'm doing. Right, right, right. But I'm having the time of my life being a superhero kicks ass right absolutely you know and it was just like the shots of it and then her little words describing what was going on and that was really dope and then a later issue they had a marvel boy in another sequence where he's attacking some people and he like busts through the wall and then there's a bunch of shots of marvel boy in one big splash page but a bunch of shots of him doing a lot of different actions and then the actions have a little side note, like how we have our time code on Fanbros. They have right. a little side note where it's like one, two, three, four, five, six. Right, right, right. And it lists what he's doing in each thing, like making an amazing entrance, <laughs> kicking ass. Right. And he, in the middle of it, he pops a CD into a CD deck, and it gives you the song that he's playing. And then he, you know, continues this, and then like makes an awesome exit, you know. And it's all strewn at that. And so I really like it, Young Avengers. Really great series. I recommend picking it up. The trade should be out soon because they. No, is that tied into the whole age of Ultron? No, as far as I know, they haven't had a crossover, and that's that's the funny thing with these Age of Ultron crossovers. They seem to just pop up randomly. It hasn't been like, like the the Uncanny Avengers are just having a regular story, and in the last issue. Age of Ultron didn't happen. Right. But in this issue, Age of Ultron's happening. Right. Wow. Yeah. And it's not like there was like a flip at the end of the last issue where it's like, oh, here comes Age of right, Ultron. Right, you right, know, right, it's right, just right. like Age of Ultron's going on and you better know what's going on. So it's going on throughout the whole Marvel Universe. Although it's no, not. No, but Marvel it's Marvel not. Right. That's yeah, exactly. the thing. Like that Young Avengers is just going on and there's right. no mention of it at all. And things are happening in Young Avengers with characters who, like the regular Avengers, are in Young right. Avengers, you know, at least somewhat. And they're not, you know, there's no Age of Ultron mentioned at all. Do you think that's because you were saying that when Wolverine goes back in time, he changes the future? And do you think that has any effect on the Marvel Universe then? Or is it just maybe kind of, you know? I, I think it's more that I, I, don't, I think it's more that it's like editorial edit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they just wanted some. I think they I think Age of Ultron is supposed to be more contained mm-hmm. and only going to have a few crossovers. So, yeah, I think that's more what it mm-hmm. is. And Young Avengers is like. It's this really weird story with its own villains right. and its own arc. So I think they're just, you know, off in their own little pocket. Also, it's a mini series and they're counting on the trade paperback, like you were saying, like sort of being a standalone evergreen thing. So someone picks up the trade paperback and then if Age of Ultron was happening in the middle of it, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, but see, right. that's the thing. Like with the event, with the Uncanny Avengers issue, that it was, as far as I know, that's not, I think that was like the latest issue. It wasn't like this is a standalone um, Age of Ultron oh, event. Right. So okay, it's like when yeah. you get the trade of Uncanny Avengers, yeah. 
But the story from the regular Uncanny Avengers is still continuing. Like, Kang has been in Uncanny Avengers throughout the start. Right. The Apocalypse Twins have been there. So, it, some of it, I guess, I don't know. Age of Ultron is just one of those things. We're going to have to see how it ends, and then we can really talk about it. But, like I said, once again, pick up Young Avengers, written by Karen Gillan and drawn by Jamie McKelvey. Great series, great art, great writing. Really loving how it's coming together. Cool. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Nice. All right. And um, I guess we're going to move on to our next segment where we can talk about the ending of Doctor Who. Yeah. So. And the naming. Yeah. And this was a, a big, you know, um, this is actually something that was teased in season six. Um, and okay. So what season is this? This is season seven right now okay. of Doctor Who, of the whole reboot, you know. Um, so this is something that was teased last season where there was this big prophecy that on the fields of Transalor, the you know, at the fall of the 11th, you're going to, you know, the question will be asked and you find out that the question is Doctor Who. So, um, you know, they really built this up. Season six was a fantastic season. It was really, really well written. Um, they just, you know, they brought these characters in and you find out a lot about, you know, um, River Song, who is the doctor's wife. And she's also Amy Pond, which was the companion last year. And, and a little bit of this year, it's her daughter. And it was just really, really well, well written. Um, Did he know that his companion was his daughter? Well, it's his daughter and uh, his mother-in-law, technically. His, so his companion, Amy Pond, is technically his mother-in-law because he marries her daughter. Oh, okay, wow. But the daughter's a time traveler. It's right. very, it's complicated, but it's actually, it's really, really well written. I, I promise. Um, and so anyway, season seven happened. And so the first half of season seven, you basically said goodbye to Amy Pond and Rory, who were companions since. Season five, since since Matt, Matt Smith took over. So you say goodbye to them, and then um, your Christmas episode kind of kicks off the new series. And so you have this companion, Clara, who um, I mentioned last week, you would find out the big mystery behind her because she shows up in the very first episode and dies. And in this episode, the Christmas episode, she is a governess in Victorian England and dies. And then... You know, the season kicks off and all of a sudden there's Clara in England, modern London, and she's the doctor's companion yet again. And so you're kind of like, all right, how is this chick kind of popping up in different time levels and whatever? So anyway, um, you find out that Clara, um, went, so they, the fields of Transalore, you find out, is where the doctor is buried after he dies. So you go to the doctor's tomb and instead of a body, you have kind of timelines and all of his timelines are there. And you have uh, the gra- the Grand Intelligence, I believe it's called, the Great Intelligence, which is a villain, and he walks into the Doctor's timeline. And essentially what he does is he erases every victory that the Doctor's ever created. So he goes back from the very first Doctor to Matt Smith and is destroying everything that he's ever saved. So any universes out there, whatever the Doctor's done, he's undoing. So Clara is like, the only way for me to save the doctor is if I step into the timeline, which would rip her into millions of little pieces. So there would be millions of Claras out there. And she goes in and kind of saves the doctor. So she goes and makes everything right. So and is that this, how she ended up being in all these different exactly. timelines? Right, right, this right. This is how you find out. So it's really interesting because they do this little, um, this montage in the very beginning where they show the classic doctor, the very first doctor, you know, the Tom Baker, which is the doctor everybody kind of knows with the big curly right, hair the, and the He's scarf. the 70s, though. He's yes. like the fourth or fifth Yeah, the fourth doctor. doctor. Yeah, yeah. So you see her with every doctor, and you see her in, you know, kind of like... Um, 
uh, you know, like very old looking and, and yeah, yeah, you no. know, so she, so you're kind of like, holy crap. And then you find out this is why, because she got ripped into all these little pieces. There's a million Claras out there and whatever. Um, so the very end of the episode, you um, see Clara within the doctor's time stream and she's kind of like lost. She doesn't know where she is. And you see all the doctors kind of running by her. It's kind of weird. Um, and then you see uh, this man standing there and Matt Smith, his doctor, Eleven, goes into the time stream to rescue her. So she's going to continue on. She'll be the companion again. Um, but but she sees this man standing there and she's like, well, I don't I don't know who that is. And he, and he tells her that that is him, but it's him. Um, it's someone who betrayed what it means to be the doctor. And so you don't find out the name of the doctor. Wait, what? This is the, so they don't this reveal is the, the big name. reveal. You don't find out the name of the doctor. What you basically find out is that the doctor took on the name the doctor. And the doctor, everything that that encompasses, that's his name. So it's kind of annoying because, yeah, you don't know what his real name is. He does have a real name. And there's a scene where to open his tomb, he had to speak his real name. And he doesn't want to do it because I'm assuming it's something really powerful. Um, and so River, who is his wife, who does know his name, she um, is there and she's connected to Clara's, you know, uh, psychic kind of link and she speaks it. So you don't hear it. Um, so the tomb opens and whatever. So um, you, you don't find out right. his name. So they, they do say it on the show. They just don't say it uh, right. audibly. So the, the whole idea is that there is the name. It, you know, obviously it's out there, but you don't find out. What you find out is that the doctor's name is the doctor. And right. that's important. And so everything that the doctor stands for, everything that the people who watch Doctor Who and love about the doctor as a character, um, that's that's his name. Right. It's, it's his actions almost. Um, so anyway, so um, this person turns around and it's John Hurt. So it's it's kind of a big you know moment and it kind of freezes and says John introducing John Hurt as the doctor. Whoa. And so John Hurt's a phenomenal actor. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So I mean, I think it's brilliant casting. So the, so John Hurt just became the new doctor for the next series. I mean, for the next season. Here's I, I have no idea. But I thought <laughs> I heard Matt Smith was coming back. He is coming back for season eight. He's in the 50th anniversary episode with David Tennant. So they're both their doctors are right. going to be running around. So. We, I honestly have no idea, and so. Um, so wait, hold up. David Tennant, and Matt Smith are two doctors, and then John Hurt could possibly be a third doctor. Well, what people are saying is because that—that that was my initial thought was like, oh, is he the next doctor? Is Matt Smith going to die in the new special, right. and then he'll be the doctor? Most likely. Um, so what he says when when Clara sees John Hurt kind of turn around, he says that that was, um, you know, this is someone who betrayed the name of the doctor. And John Hurt's like, well, what I did, I did in the name of peace and sanity. And and Matt Smith is like, yeah, but not in the name of the doctor. So this is a dark figure. And he's kind of wearing, you know, dark clothes. He has, I believe, like a leather jacket sort of on. Um, and so what I've read is that he could possibly be the doctor before um, David uh, Christopher Eccleston, who was the ninth doctor when they rebooted the whole series. Right. He was only on for a season. Right. Um, and he was also in uh, Heroes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and... But um, they're saying it could potentially be that because remember the doctor, um, just before you have Eccleston kind of come on, he basically commits genocide and kills all the Time Lords. And so is it this he, you know, he did something really bad. And so that's who that represents. Is it someone there's this character called I believe it's like the Valyard. 
um, which is in classic Doctor Who, and it represents the Doctor's like darker sides. Right, and, right. And so it's this ambiguous character between eleven and twelve. I honestly have no, <laughs> I have I'm no sorry. clue who this is. It or, sounds so interesting, and yet I'm still so lost. When, yeah. Well, when, you, when you open up the can of worms of time travel and yeah. time wars, definitely, absolutely. Or you know, some some people are saying, is it the Doctor before he's the Doctor before the right. very first Doctor? Is that who he was? Right. So I honestly have no clue, but it was really interesting, and it was a huge deal. And so obviously we're going to see some John Hurt, which I'm definitely excited about. Um, and it kind of was leading you up. There was a big thing right after the credits, like, you know, saying in November the 50th anniversary episode's coming up. They've shown pictures of David Tennant. Um, right. But, but yeah, so the big reveal is we don't know the doctor's name. Now, when, when they were at his tomb, mm-hmm. this was not the Matt Smith doc, the Matt Smith doctor's tomb. This was Doctor Who's tomb. This like, was, this yeah, is the well, idea is that Doctor Who, even though he's a mortal and a Time Lord, mm-hmm. he actually will die at some point. Right, so um, Time Lords, it technically is Matt Smith's tomb, but the 12th Doctor, they have 12... Oh, Regen- they only have 12 right. incarnations. Only, yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. So okay. After and the he's 12th, the 12th or is he the 11th? 11th? So he's the 11th. But, but okay. remember, it's the same person. No, no, no. I do understand yeah. that. So, yeah, it is his tomb, essentially. But but it is really the 12th Doctor's tomb because right. he's the one that's going to die. So, you know. So, they anyway, that was the big, huge reveal on Doctor Who is that you don't actually find out the name <laughs> of the You actually doctor. don't get a big, yeah. huge reveal. But, you know, I have to say, and it was funny because you said it last week, as I was watching the episode... There were those moments where you're like, oh, oh my God, he's going to say it. And I, I had that hesitation of, I, I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. I no. want to know, but I don't want to yeah, know. no, you don't. So, yeah. you it's know. It's just like it was... the smoke monster on Lost. Like, right. you wanted to know what it was, and then when you found out, mm, yeah. But, and that's it. You know, 50 years of Doctor Who, that's do the whole really want to know his name? 50 years where he's just the Doctor. doctor yeah. yeah. Like, Lost, as much as we were really into it, was only like six, seven years of our lives. Like, you know. Uh, Doctor Who was definitely, yeah. you know, four generations, five generations of, you know, Although, of you the know, doctor. The joke could be that his name is Who, you know, right. Doctor <laughs> So, you know, <sighs> never know. But, yeah, um, big deal. Yeah, well, yeah, that I hope that's not his name. But um, <laughs> there's another show that y'all wanted to discuss. I still haven't gotten a chance to watch it, but uh, I'm it understanding does, Orphan Black comes on right, right after right Doctor Right after Doctor Who. Doctor Who. So. And I actually don't watch Doctor Who, although I've sort of followed the general Doctor Who uh, mythology over the years. Mm-hmm. But um, I do watch Orphan Black, and uh, I was pretty, pretty impressed with it from the get-go. I thought it yeah. had a really great pilot. Um, I think the lead actress in it... What is the premise of Orphan so Black? The premise of the show is that there are these clones, these, girl, these young women who are clones. But the, the, and then there's different ones, and they're all played by the same actress. And basically the show starts out where a girl who's clearly on the run is waiting at a train station and sees a girl who looks just like her jump in front of the train. Mm. Mm. And, and and it basically goes from there. And so the girl who's our protagonist, uh, Sarah. I saw the commercial for this now where they're yeah. talking about all the clones are going to die. And, and someone says, like, oh, I thought you'd take the whole clone thing a little better or something. Right, right, right. Oh, she says I wanted to, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to, to sort of drop oh, okay. the okay. Whole... That's funny because I wanted to watch that show yeah. just from the commercial. So the lead actress is extraordinary because she's she playing seven or eight or nine different clones and they all have different personalities. But not only is she doing that, there's all these scenes where various clones have to impersonate each other. Like, she is playing, she's Sarah, but she's pretending to be Beth, who is a cop. And then there's also Allison, who has to, who's a suburban housewife, who then has to cover for Sarah by going to, you know, to Sarah's family 
and pretending to be Sarah, even even though she's actually Alice. It's a lot of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then we've slowly um, Matt Fuhrer, who played um, um, Max Headroom, if you if you oh, want to go yeah. way back to wow. uh, yeah, he's a villain. And there's people there's people he's who, like eighty, isn't he? No, no, no. He's <laughs> like, I'd say he's in his sixties, maybe. He maybe. looks good though. Yeah, he looks good. I mean, he definitely looks fine. Um, he doesn't look decrepit or anything. <laughs> But there's definitely like a mad scientist vibe. Someone created these clones. We don't know who. And now someone's trying to kill the clones. We don't know who. And the clones are sort of finding each other. But it's it's very interesting sci-fi stuff. But I also think just as a TV show, as a performance, the lead. Like there are scenes where there's three clones talking to each other. And Mm. she's three different women with different hairdos and different costumes and different. One is British. One is Russian. Like. She's doing accents. So when the show first started, she didn't know that she was a clone no, at all. No, she didn't know she was a clone. The first, the first knowledge she gets is when, when she sees a woman who looks dope. like her just at the train station jump in front of the train. Okay, this sounds like something now. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then she finds another one and then another one. And now they're sort of, you know, they do a lot of Skype chatting, like to figure out where <laughs> they're at. But there's definitely like a whole mythology that's, that's, uh, taking place and it's just it's original like you know i i'm still watching defiance and i bitched about defiance defiance (laughs) it's getting better but it's not original Mm. like this is original it's not like anything you've ever seen you hear clones and you think about like the really whack spider-man stuff in like the Mm. 90s you think attack of the clone exactly this Oof. is really the best stuff I've ever seen with clones, and it's definitely better than uh, Multiplicity. Was what was that a Michael Keaton movie? You know, I never saw. I never oh saw. Oh my god, have you? No, it's such a good ass movie. Yo, Michael Keaton kills. And that's the, is, is, that, is that Michael Keaton? Yeah, I think it is. That's that's his name, right? Yeah, 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 no, it's yeah. Michael Keaton. Batman. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, yeah, kills yeah. it. Yeah, he's like three, four different five clones. Right. There's there's Gattaca too as clones, right? With uh, Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman. It was no, that's just uh, like uh, eugenics, or that's used like people going in and creating perfect babies, like Fahrenheit 451, right? Like like just sort of like like there's no one with glasses because they go in and genetically fix them, and you know, and it's a guy in that world who isn't perfect who spends half his time basically trying to Mm. pass. It's it's really about passing. It's it's more about. Like, you know, uh, gay people passing as straight or yeah, black so people what, passing as white or whatever. What would you say that, like, the theme of orphan black is then? Well, see, there's three things going on. There's, so somebody's killing the clones. And um, your main character, Sarah, meets one of her clones, Helena, which is this crazy Russian or Ukrainian. Yeah, Ukrainian, she's some kind sorry. of Slavic. Um, which, I mean, f- again, phenomenal acting. But um, she, um, it, it's still shadowy, but she apparently has been recruited by some organization who are, um, it seems might be religious. And so remember the idea with clones is that you're kind of going against nature and against God because it's, you know, it's, it's not right. So she's actually killed some of those clones. Right. Mm. And then there's the organization who created Sarah and all her clones. I, we, you know, you don't actually know who the main clone is. We assume it's Sarah, but you don't know that for sure. Um, but there's somebody then, you know, the organization that created them legally. Um, and so then they're kind of trying to cover their tracks because there are human clones running out there who now are realizing they're clones and it was all illegal and they need to cover that up. So you have those kind of two dynamics at play. Um, and so and, and then again, like we said, you know, Sarah witnesses Beth killing herself, assumed her identity and is pretending she's a cop. And then as this goes on. One of her clones, a German, gets killed, we assume, by Helena. Right. And then she has to cover up that murder. 
And then as Beth, she's investigating that murder. So it gets kind of, it gets complicated. It's not as murky as it sounds, though, when you're watching. But that that didn't sound really murky They all have very distinctive looks. Yeah, that didn't sound too difficult. And the one thing that we know about Sarah that the others, it's it's implied, Sarah has a daughter, Mm. and it seems like she's the only one who's capable of actually having children. Like the others either don't have kids or they they have adopted children. So that's why you see, it seems like Sarah should be the original. Um, But, and, you know, and so, and, she was adopted. She has no idea where she's come from. But um, but it's phenomenal acting across the board. I mean, everybody on the show is really, really good. Um, but, yeah, the lead actress, I'm not even sure, Tatiana Masley, I Yeah, think? that's it. That's I it. Think I'm not, you know, I'm probably botching She's it. a Canadian actress, and this is a Canadian production. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, I've mentioned this a couple of times, Lost Girl is another really good Canadian show. And actually, Lost Girl, there's sets out of their, their lower budget than American shows, although they, they do it well. There's sets in Lost Girl that look exactly like some of the sets mm-hmm. in this. Um, uh, in in Orphan Black, and also my Netflix recommend from week one, Continuum, is also a Canadian production. And um, The X-Files actually was shot in Vancouver for the first five years. And so there is this sort of thing happening with sci-fi shows in mm. Canada mm-hmm. that they're, they're, they're actually producing pretty good. Sh- like, those shows are all better than Defiance, you know, <laughs> which is, I think, American. Okay, you can, you can stop ragging on Defiance <laughs> right now. But well, uh, it's it's a BBC America original series right, too, which but, this is their second original, and and it's really good. So you know, like they're definitely putting out quality shows. They film in Toronto, yeah. Um, but the writing is is just it's really excellent. And and like we were saying, you know, you have this main character. I mean, going into it, I knew that she played multiple characters. And yet, I've never ever thought, "Oh, it's the same girl." Mm. Like, right? They're, they're no, you totally, I mean, you know, legit. the different. Yeah, you totally differentiate the characters, yeah. like completely. Yeah. And you know, and and like they just do a phenomenal job of giving you little key. Like you'll see someone for five minutes, and they'll and you'll know everything about them mm-hmm. just by the way they show. But I think, like you said, when when you have three of them interacting, when you know yeah. it's it's one actress and right. she's interact, and they seem like distinct characters. Yeah. I mean, that just speaks when, to when, that. When, Jamie's right talking there. about like 20 times a show when you're watching it. You're literally like, you have to remind Mind yourself so, yeah. that it's the it's, same actress. You really do. Wow. And it's not and like they, they don't look that different. I yeah. mean, you know, they are played by the same one, but they do have. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just really well done. They have different accents, different hairdos, and the different interests. Different. They come from different classes, mm-hmm. different. It's just really good. And so it, it does sort of examine a lot of those things, mm-hmm. too. One of them's gay. Um and uh, they all they all have a watcher or someone who's keeping an eye on them, not like the watcher in Buffy, but someone who's <laughs> like not like Utah. Yeah, you you, you are to the watcher. Yeah, yeah, no, not like him either. No, <laughs> they have someone who's actually keeping an eye on them. We're not exactly sure who, why, or who. And so they're they're also trying to figure out who their specific mo- monitors they call them, yeah. who their monitor is. Okay. So check out Orphan it's, Black. Yeah, it's excellent. I th- someone on Twitter mentioned that they're all available on demand. Yeah. If you've got BBC America on demand or some kind of on demand, um, they will be on Netflix. So that's not going to be the Netflix pick of the week, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely a show to check out, especially if you can get caught up via on demand. Well, I think that's a. Perfect segue, Chico. What would be your Netflix pick of the week? So my Netflix pick of the week is a, uh, if ever, anyone is familiar with Carlos the Jackal, who was a terrorist in the 60s and 70s, a left-wing terrorist. Also, and they made the, the they, Jackal they movie. Made, they made the, day, they made the Jackal movie. Them. Yeah, the, day, the Jackal is based on Day of the Jackal, yep. which is based on the Jackal. Yep. Um, but he's he, he's actually, I mean, the Jackal, <laughs> yeah, the, we, the guy, Carlos, it, yeah. whatever his name is. 
and it's um it's a three part mini series. And he's an Argentin he's an Argentinian dude, but he goes to Europe. Hold and on, he's slow. Up. Whoa, wait. So the Netflix pick of the week is Car is Carlos the is Carlos, which is the the recent miniseries, okay. not Day of the Jackal, and not the Jackal with Bruce uh, Willis and uh, Val and Kilmer? Richard Gere. Oh, was it Val Kilmer? I it was think, Val Kilmer. I think Richard Val Kilmer Gere. Was one of those I, yeah, things, yeah, yeah. So, no, Val Kilmer was the Saint, which came out around the go. same time. Yep. <laughs> But no, it's not either of those. It's specifically um, uh, Carlos, and it's a three. It's a three-part miniseries, and he's a left-wing terrorist in Europe in the '60s, and he's a, he is an Argentinian guy who does go to Europe to fight for various left-wing causes. Now, their version of fighting for causes is planting bombs and shooting <laughs> businessmen, and you know, taking over airports and stuff like that. But it's a very interesting time, and you know when we think of terrorism, we think of Al Qaeda, and these guys obviously didn't do anywhere near as much. But there were a bunch of them. There were German left wing terrorists. There were Japanese left wing terrorists, and we do see a little bit of of of, of those other um, of those other groups. And people today might not realize, but basically every country. I mean, we had the Weather Underground that supposedly right wing mm. people tried to connect Barack Obama right. to one of their guys. But all of these countries had these left-wing terrorist, I mean, terrorist groups, essentially, freedom fighters or whatever, in the 60s and 70s. And I just thought, that, and there's a bunch of them on Netflix that are movies or TV shows about people like this. But, but I thought Carlos. Carlos so good? You know, it just it's it's um it's got just really good. It, it, the guy the guy who plays him is very charismatic. You can sort of see he's he's actually like the the they portray him as half the time he's just a ladies' man who's sitting in cafes smoking cigarettes trying to seduce various beautiful European women, and then the other half of the time he is committing like robberies to fund you know Palestinian groups or you know taking over air airports or. Um, shooting bankers who support you know right-wing causes so uh, ba basically uh he the guy who is the lead and just the general milieu i i would say is 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 the general right. milieu well, just, they, just just you know between the the terrorist stuff and then like these european safe houses and cafes and training camps in the desert um so uh you know that's carlos is my is my uh netflix pick of the week and uh, I think we're going to pause for a moment yeah, for definitely. a brief message from our sponsors. This is DJ Ben Amin. And when I'm not wondering how Brian Michael Bendis is going to wrap up Age of Ultron in less than two issues, I'm over here listening to Fan Bros on iTunes. You can rate, you can subscribe, and you can comment. You better do all three. Word up. And welcome back, Fan Bros. We're going to take a quick second to talk to Tatiana King about the recent press release for the new Xbox One, which yeah. has caused a bit of controversy on the Internet. Yeah, so the Xbox reveal event was actually yesterday, May 21st. Uh, I watched the whole thing live um, in the middle of the Internet Week conference, and it was it was straightforward. Um, and probably, as you said, pissed off a lot of people. The issue is that now Xbox or Microsoft or a combination thereof, they are looking at this machine as a TV box, basically. As the one all-encompassing. one all-encompassing. You need no DVR, no cable box, no nothing. This is right. it. You're TV. good money. 
So they they push in. I mean, yes, it's a game console, but they seem to have changed lanes in terms of what they're really focusing on this time. Um, as far as the specs of the system goes, it's actually pretty similar to the PS4 coming out, um, with some differences in um, in in the system memory. Kind of nothing too big. Just it just seems like at least horsepower wise, the systems are going to be able to match each other. Mm. But the the another reason why I p- pissed people off because they didn't really say anything. They didn't really give you any new information that was pertinent, like you know price. Release, release date, date. but they yeah. never not that they ever do tell you but yeah. but to to put it out there it's coming out holiday 2013 mm-hmm. so between november and december you'll see it along with the ps4 price you have no idea what it is will probably be on par with ps4 as well um another issue is that that it's been a lot of confusion with the whole thing about the always on connection yeah um i saw something about that and they were saying that it's not gonna always be on but it has to Look, at least once a day. All right, this look, is what I'm look, saying. Look. You had to turn your Xbox on every day. First like, if I don't turn it on one day, I'm. It's first, like I'm taking a all, pregnancy pill or something. <laughs> 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 like, if, like if I miss it, you know. You like, can, can I turn ass. it on twice in one day? The next day. First of all, Phil Harrison, which is he's he's one of the VPs at Microsoft. He did a piss poor job of explaining <laughs> this because first of all, he said all this. What ended up being wrong information, and then had to backtrack and basically hold another press conference to reel in what he said and clarify it, it was wow. pretty bad like it got really messy it devolved like as i was because i covered it live on my twitter feed so yep. as I, I was going as it was going i was saying yeah this is it this is exclusive this is this is official and then i had to go back track and be like oh, oh i know i just said it and that's delete hard tweet delete tweet right right <laughs> but there's no but the problem is with, with twitter once it's out there it's out yeah, there yeah. and then people i my tweet was going a hundred times retweeted so it's just like dag okay but to clear it up um, with the always on connection, like you said, it, what Phil Harrison clarified, well, who knows if that's true, that you have to have it on at least once every 24 hours. What? He made it, he, he, and he drew the analogy, the comparison of just like a cell phone where how it works, still, pre- you know, works, you can still th- do things on it, but without a data connection, all the cool stuff you won't be able to do. Same premise, with his words, not mine, same premise with the Xbox One, that yeah, it'll still work. You'll still be able to do stuff, but to get all the cool, cool details about it, you gotta have to have it uh, hooked up to the internet. So, it, I mean, that's not really probably it. updates and stuff. And yeah, but that's what he's saying. It's, it's every day that right. you're gonna have to spend the and first hour and, and updating because, shit. Exactly, and because on. like during the during the reveal, the Xbox reveal event, they kept saying, "Oh, was, you know, you turn on, there's no updates, nothing to do." Yeah, if your Xbox is perpetually online, yeah. if you're if you're turning it off every day. And like letting it go for days at a time, then yeah, you're gonna turn it back on. It's going to have to update, and it's gonna renege everything they said. So everything, a lot of the stuff that they said was based upon the idea that you have to keep it on basically all the time. Um, right. But I guess is that why they're trying to incorporate the television aspect to it? Because if you're using it as like a, a cable re- box, yeah, like in replace of cable, then you would kind of keep it on a lot more than you might. Normally. I would. I would actually argue to a degree, yes, mm. but also money it's all about money mm-hmm. because they're when you when i really got into it the whole thing about it integrating with your cable it's not like it's controlling your cable box it's just putting an interface it's just putting it's just putting a pretty screen over your cable you still have to go to your cable box you still have to use your cable box um remote control and all that other stuff like it doesn't it's not like it's controlling everything for you so it's just so, like syncing your computer almost yeah to, it's, it's to like something. an overlay almost yeah. like it's it's you know, uh, but so yeah, so then you don't necessarily need to use it to watch you, TV. You don't. You don't. It's a nice. It's a nice add-on. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
besides that, the other thing that was confusing people and was confusing the hell out of me, thank you, Phil Harrison, was the um, the whole thing about you have to pay a fee. For used games. For used games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here's how he explained it. And please hold your anger (laughs) to the end. (laughs) He said that if you want to play a game on your computer on your xbox you know you install it to your xbox it's it's linked to your your xbox gamer tag your account you can play it wherever you want to do if you want to take that disc to a friend's xbox you can do that as long as you're logged into your account mm-hmm. it's everything's linked to your account so if you so if you go to somebody else's house you use the xbox log into your account no problem what the problem is is if you want to give the game to somebody and they want to log in on their their account that's where the fees come in I don't know the veracity of this information that he's giving, but he's saying that if you do, in fact, give the this to somebody else and they want to play it as their own game, they have to basically pay the MSRP of the game. I I, see, I didn't see that. I saw he, that he, they, he, that's what he said. Can, what I saw that they would have to pay. Here's the situation. Hold on. I saw that they, I saw that they would have to pay a fee, but not the full retail price. His of the game. his 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 first statement was they'll have to pay a fee, like a nominal quote unquote mm-hmm. fee. His second statement was, oh, they'll probably have to pay the price of the game. Wow. Now, See, that, and as I said, I can't confirm the veracity that, of the information because he keeps going back and that forth. That seems crazy. Also, because the game prices goes down. Like if you lend yeah. someone your game a year later, are they still going to charge you sixty? And that's what when I'm it saying. It doesn't make in the any store? sense. But wait. In in addition to that, I have a, a situation where my internet connection is not great. There are times when I can't watch Netflix on my PlayStation 3, yep. so I'll play a game. That makes it sound like you can't play your own game if you don't have an internet connection because you can't be logging in well, because well, you don't have well, an internet well, connection. Well, let's say you're on your own Xbox One, and you the, first of all, the game is installed into the hard drive, so oh, okay. this, despite whether you're online or not, you should be able to play. Okay, I was just thinking logging in. Oh, okay, so, yeah, yeah, know. yeah. But like, yeah, like, like you said, the whole login thing that's a little down, weird. You know yeah. what I mean? Say yeah. your internet connection is down and you want to play your video right. game. On it's, somebody else's system. No, maybe. on your own even. Is, you know what I mean? Like, if you can't log in, like, you need to be online to log in. That's not what he had said. Oh, okay. That's All not right. what he had said. Yeah. Okay. If, if, no. if, if you, then that's no, then that's just if you're trying plan. to log in somebody else's system and then they yes. have an internet issue, right. then who knows? Right. Who knows? So I wonder how this is going to affect places like GameStop because, I mean... It's going to hurt them. I, yeah. I said it was shots fired because, I mean, yeah. when, when this whole thing first came about, I was just like, oh, this isn't good because yeah. this this kind of shatters the used game market. Right. This is a direct this is a direct shock to them, to be honest with you, because now the second question was, okay, well, with this whole convoluted understanding of how the fee works, what happens down the line? Like, do, are people going to be able to trade the the activation codes with each other well that's always been like, an issue how does because that work? you can't really reuse them yeah. so i've i've certainly bought and used games that have activation codes that i can't use yeah. and but to be honest most of the time you, you don't some, need it. Yeah, yeah sometimes you do but but most of the time it's like the extra yeah. you know little stuff but you know i've i you know even if you finish a game you know and you're like well i really want to get that new game that's coming out let me trade these games in yep. mm-hmm. and you know you get like good retail value or whatever i mean that whole system gets shattered and to be fair like games are expensive and you know a lot of times i've kind of banked on i mean this will probably mess in. with um yeah. gamefly will this mess with them it would mess with everybody absolutely yeah. the entire secondhand market wow. it messes with and and also messes with with the tradition of gaming like yeah. You, you buy a game, game you, you buy a game, you go, yes. hey man, you need to try out this this perfect dark game or something like that, anything yeah. like that. And and then you go, okay, so you try it, they'll do it, and then maybe they become a fan. And then the next game that comes out, they'll go ahead and yeah. buy it. Yeah. So I I had already called this a few months after a few months back after the um PS4 event. I'm like, if Xbox really initiates this, they're just shooting themselves <laughs> in the foot. Yeah. So I really hope that all this gets cleared up. 
it it's because that 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 really would make people go i'm not buying i mean it. i've been an xbox fan loyal to i mean i've had uh let's see i had a playstation 2 i didn't get a playstation 3 i had uh but other than that, i've had xbox since, since the beginning of xbox and I, you know, bought 360. I didn't get PlayStation 3, but it looks like right now, with the way things are, I'll probably go to PlayStation 4 because right. I'm not that amped to play Halo anymore. And other than that, there's not anything that's keeping me on a right. Xbox. I'm, well, per- I'm personally on the fence about both systems. It's yeah, worth that's what I'm pointing hearing. out that Sony's stock went up 10 percent or 9 <laughs> percent. Yes, it did. That literally today, the wow. day after, that never happens. Right. Wow. Like Microsoft stock is supposed to go off wow. after Microsoft. Yeah, Sony's <laughs> went up. Actually, it was it was indicated that Sony's went up and Microsoft's went down. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole thing going on with Sony right now where they're they're talking about spinning off the entertainment business, right. and so that's part of why the stock is going up. But, but that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. Like that that exactly. to me is like that's your worst case scenario is you you introduce your thing and your competitor stock goes up. Like right. that's wow. a bad right. sign. Can I just ask when so yeah. um I know that you technically right now can install a game onto your hard drive mm-hmm. to just play it when you don't have the disc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is it necessary when you buy a new game to install it on Xbox One? They mm. keep saying they keep okay. The way they then keep I'm pr- thinking maybe the fee thing is only if you're going to install it, but I never installed it. And that's games. what they said. That was another that was another facet <laughs> of this of this murky mess that you know, you only have to pay fee if you install. If you're just right. playing straight off the off the dish, you're fine. But like I said, you can't even trust it right now right, because right. everything's up in the air. And they kept saying Microsoft kept saying, "Hey, you should install it," but there was never a it's mandatory that you must. Well, install. they'll make content that you can't access unless right. You can and that's what I think, it, you know? and, I, and I believe mm-hmm. that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, for me, I was kind of on the fence for both systems. This particularly the Xbox One because we they didn't mention really any games any of the mm-hmm. real lineup besides like Forza and EA Sports stuff and that things and like the that new Call of Duty right new Call of Duty which is going to be on 360 still right right it's going to have some exclusive stuff on FIFA, I think right yeah FIFA like, they're yeah. going to have some exclusive Call of Duty stuff on the Xbox One first but that doesn't Ooh, mean it's not coming yeah. out later right. but as far as the games they said they're going to announce that at E3 which starts like June 11th so you know you'll hear more about that um, the only the other thing that actually made people kind of go, oh, that's kind of cool, was the, the fact that Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. has teamed up with them to do the live-action Halo mm-hmm. show, uh, which is an exclusive Xbox um, premium content. So meaning you'll only be able to watch it on Xbox Live or Xbox service, TV service, whatever they're calling it. Which I just want to point out. <laughs> I just want to point out, his TV show, Falling Skies, is not very good. And he had yeah. another TV show before that that got canceled. His Steven Spielberg's track record with sci-fi stuff on it's TV kinda, is eh, not very good. I just yeah. want to point out. And even like his track record with real movies, like I, I haven't seen Lincoln yet, but I mean, like, what was the last great Steven Spielberg movie? Was it like 20 years ago? I mean, <laughs> you know, I just wonder. I mean, yes, everyone seems excited about that, but I, I, I does it? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I'm not the biggest Halo fan, so I don't really care. Well, what I was right. going to say about Halo too is that they, you know, were trying for a long time to push a movie that right. yeah. the whole script was written, it mm-hmm. got canned. So, you know, and then that that's also problematic on that angle. Right. Um, Halo has a cool story, but is it going to be translatable to a TV? And, and yeah. what kind of TV series? A mini series, I feel, could work, but a TV series, like a Defiance kind of thing, right. you know, it sometimes this stuff doesn't translate. So you know, but but it, it did. I certainly was like, oh, hmm, interesting. Yeah, the, you know, um, the only other the, to wrap this up, I think that's pretty much it, right? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The big weird thing that I found out today is that the new Connect 
uh, camera, which is built in, right? Yeah, it's not yeah, an and, and, and that's actually that's mandatory. You must have the connect. I mean, and it comes with it, I believe. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I read. And here's the, the and here's the interesting, scary part: the new connect can um, determine your mood. It can tell your heart, heart rate. rate. Um, who it is? Yeah, it can tell who it is. Yeah, that's ill. Yeah, so it's becoming like you it's know, when you have a, like, yeah, like, when like you have if you show, well, like if you show up, if you show up and say Xbox or Hi or what is it, Xbox on or whatever, it knows it's you. Yeah, yeah. So when you, <laughs> that's when you have a, uh, yeah, it just it's you don't like that. Yeah, no, nah, <laughs> like, I don't it's, like that. I'm, it's nineteen eighty four. Yeah, so. I'm not liking that at all. Like yeah. that's that's a little much. So, but to to answer, like you said, it was a tweet that came out to answer a question. I think they said, well, which one should they get? Really, uh, at this point, it's it's too. From I, I could honestly say it's harder to determine. Wait until E three till you'll see the games, and then when they clear up this whole thing about the fees of the used games, mm-hmm. and 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 it's not backwards compatible, so it's uh, that's also something to, to think about. Neither is neither is the PS four, but know. you know whatever. Yeah. Um. But so it, it, it does have a Blu ray, which I guess will it does bring have Blu ray on par with yes. PS. You know. Yes, PS4. I mean. Like anybody was using HD, Blu-rays, DVDs anyway, yeah, but yeah, anyway. it, it, yeah, it's there. So, so it, it's still up in the air. You need to wait a little bit longer, get some more information on it. Alrighty, so that brings us to the close of the episode. The only thing that I really wanted to wrap up with this is um the new Superman and the Wolverine trailers dropped up, mm-hmm. dropped yep, on, yep, dropped yep. out. Yeah, I'm fucking up. I mean, no, no. <laughs> The Wolverine trailer was like half the stuff that was in it was in the other trailer, too. Yeah. Like, I recognize stuff. Yeah. I mean, look. They showed I, the Silver Samurai. Yes, mm-hmm. they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look, it looked good. I, I and The, the same, bullet train fight looks great. I got to say, I was more psyched about the Arkham Origins trailer yeah. than I was either of those movie trailers. <laughs> oh, I forgot I, about that. I actually was really excited for it with that new Superman trailer. Right. Because I think. The we, one of him that starts with him floating, saying, where am I? Where did I come yeah, from? Yeah, 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 yeah. We were all saying a couple episodes back how, you know, um, it was the the first trailer that came out was really interesting. And it really played on the emotional aspects. Yeah. Um, and the whole, you know, you are my son, which was really touching and. Um, but this showed the action. Yeah. I mean, this was straight action. So I think it was kind of quelling any fears that it would be like the last Superman movie, right. which was, you know, a train wreck and yes. all emotion. So this was showing you like, no, 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 you're going to get like some serious, you know. And oh, it well, they haven't badass. shown Zod at all, really. They I showed mean, his yeah, mask, they showed, Yeah, but very I little. I saw a very, uh, maybe it was the older. They showed him like quick. Yeah, yeah. It was a flash. They show him talking all through the new trailer. Yeah, he was talking. Uh, In the old trailer I'm talking about, but in the new trailer, yeah. No, no, I'm talking about the new one. I mean, I guess, yeah, do we... He's talking, but we don't see him yeah, doing no, anything. You see what? him. You see him fight. He, that's who Superman is punching yeah. all through the straw. You see a bunch uh, of that, shots. Okay, of, yeah, yeah. But and, I, and I see Superman of, punching someone. No, there's but a shot of Zod slamming Michael him. Shannon. You no, know, you know, there's, it's Michael. Sh- there's a shot of Michael Shannon slamming him. There's a shot of him slamming. Um, uh, Jor-El. Right, okay. Yeah, so no, dude, you get Michael Shannon kicking ass. All right, okay. You get, a, you get a shot of the mask, which looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, you really get a really cool. shot of, yeah. Um, but I think you do see his, like him without it, too. Yeah, you see him right? without it, and you see, um, what's her name? The sister. The, yeah, right? but what the big dude doesn't seem to be in this. The Mm-mm. third um guy from Superman right. 2. I cannot remember his name, but the one who's... He uh, has like a grunty name. It's he, like he got a, and, Ga or something yeah. like that. You know? like, he got a God. lobotomy because he's actually supposed to be really smart. Right. But then that was part of his punishment is that he got a lobotomy and that's why he's mm-hmm. dumb in the movie. 
But yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to be in this. But one. it was. It seemed cool. They said this whole thing about you know how uh, first it's like this appeal, like you know he he may look like you, but he's not like mm-hmm. you, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, the first on one the was just a little too Jesusy thing, right? for me, a little too religious. But there was a really cool it scene where um, I can't remember the sister's name, but she's basically like you know for every th- you know every thousand you save, we're going to kill millions. millions. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that was intense. Yeah, so yeah, I, I'm really excited about it from that. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. over out of the two, I'd have to say the Superman. Superman yeah. and more exciting but i'd like to pose that question to our listeners um since star trek is already out since iron man 3 is already out uh right now we have superman and the wolverine the wolverine Wolverine. Wolverine. uh which of these two are you more excited to see you know i I also i just want to add like the whole notion of the the superhero giving up his powers or getting his powers taken away which seems to be happening in the wolverine movie Mm -hmm. like yeah it was done really well in suit in the original superman Superman 2 i mean really it's incredible i mean just really incredible but i you know i i want to see wolverine because i want to see a dude who can heal and has claws like it's sort of like they just made an iron man movie where tony stark is not in the iron man armor for Mm -hmm. most of it now they're going to make a wolverine movie where he doesn't have powers throughout a lot of it like that's like you know if we go see pacific rim and there's no monsters and <laughs> yeah. no pets you know but like you know, basically I castrated think, the movie i think in some ways that's a reaction to batman where you know after the dark knight which i didn't to, you know yeah no it's the not, dark knight returns for what it's worth yeah. but but the idea in that was that batman was like i can't be batman anymore right yeah and mm-hmm. so i think because of the huge success of that franchise, yeah, it's exploring this idea of what what happens when it all goes wrong, and and they play on what happens with Jean Grey and See, stuff. See, if it was a comic book and they did that for a few issues, or it was a TV show and he didn't have his powers for a few, but in a movie, yeah. you've got an hour oh, yeah. and a half to two hours. I want to see wanna, some yeah. powers. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. That's, That's my point. only thing about the look. He looks great. The movie looks great. I'm really psyched that it's in Japan. Mm-hmm. I'm psyched that they're using the Silver Samurai and Lady, uh, not Lady Shiva, but not, the, Lady Deathstrike. Not, not Lady. Yeah. No, she's supposed to be Viper. Actually, but yeah, 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 exactly. She's supposed to be Viper. Yep. So uh, I'm into all of that. Um, but and and I think there's going to be some X Men making. I mean, clearly Jean Grey shows up mm-hmm. in a in a, in yeah. a dream sequence. So I don't want to sound like I'm just shitting all over it, but I, the, the, I'm definitely with you guys that the Superman one is more more interesting. Well, I don't see any cellophane S's flying in the air. <laughs> oh, come on, Dave. There's nothing. Or putting people in, in, in the glass. In the glass spinning in we space. Will, we will have no <laughs> blasphemy of Superman right. 2 on this show. <laughs> It is, it, it is what I look. Stupid ass power. We will, we will, I'm gonna wrap hey, you up in we won't cellophane. Talk, we won't talk about Superman's love nest and the silver bedding that he took Lois Lane. Oh, that's right. dope. I mean, that's that's really dope. You, you want that in your house? Absolutely. Don't you? I have that in my house. <laughs> <laughs> he had a spinning bed with the silver <laughs> the only, balloon. The only problem pillows. with Superman too is that there's a point where the female where the female Phantom Zone villain takes a sheriff's badge and puts it on her. Yep. The sheriff's badge wouldn't be able to pierce the Kryptonian clothing. That's my only real issue. <laughs> All righty. And with that extremely geeky moment, that wraps up another episode of Fan Bros. I'd like to thank our guest, our co host, our compadres, Jamie Rigetti, Tatiana King, Chico Leo, and of course, DJ Ben. I mean, anybody got any shout outs, anything to say, any, you know, last minute wishes before we wrap this up? I you said guys, everything I'm going to say. You guys want to talk about how crappy the writing on Doctor Who was this season? Hit Aww. me up on Twitter, Jamie Rigetti. <laughs> All righty. Tatiana? Uh, if you guys want to continue being confused about what's going on with Xbox <laughs> One, uh, I will walk you through the confusion and try to get you to the other side. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Tatiana King. 
Uh, and also, you can follow me on my website, loveatfirstbite.com. That's the number one, S-T-B-Y-T-E. And if you want to talk about any or all of these things, you should be tweet, uh, hitting us up on at Show on Twitter. Yep. You should also be subscribing to us on iTunes, Fanbros Show, and on SoundCloud. Subscribe, rate, leave a comment, all that good stuff. And I need a couple more followers, so you can follow me at DJ Benjamin. I talk a bunch of random craziness. Don't mind it. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you right back here next week on Fan Bros. Sorry, I left you there. Fan Bros. Party time. It's like Excellent. A yeah. Late echo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fan Bros. <laughs>